You're listening to Asbury University's Chapel Podcast, recorded live from our campus in Wilmore, Kentucky. Asbury's Chapel Service hosts speakers from around the world to inspire academic excellence and spiritual vitality. We hope you enjoy today's message. Let me start with this. Go here with me. It's the fall of 1990. I'm 21 years old, and I've just driven five hours from Toledo, Ohio, and I am in a rented tuxedo, and I am kind of wandering around the lobby at Glide Crawford waiting for my girlfriend. (laughs) Yeah, any of you guys been in this situation? I'm telling you, I can remember it like it was yesterday. I was so nervous. Waiting for a girl in the lobby at Glide Crawford is like waiting to see your bride on the wedding day. I don't know who rigged that thing up, but it is intimidating, right? Well, it must have been worth it because then a year later, I married Miss Asbarian, 1991. Go ahead and throw that picture up on the slide if you would. (laughs) Yeah, there we are in that uh, Glide Crawford. I do hope that chair is gone. But there we are (laughs) trying to look older at 21 years of age. And there's Miss Asbarian, my wife, Joy, and she is with Glenn Hamilton, your current vice president of business affairs and treasurer. I was a little jealous of Glenn, I got to admit it, right? And he was there as um, uh, Mr. Asbarian at that particular time. I didn't know anybody, but that was quite an experience. My wife loved her Asbury experience. Her picture's down below there. She was taking pictures even before we started here. She still stays connected to many of her friends here from college. As a matter of fact, we have not missed a reunion every five years since 1991. I always thought there should be some sort of honorary degree in that for me since I have yet to miss a reunion. Matter of fact, all her friends think I've graduated from Asbury. But we had, and she had, a great experience and continue to have that. As Dr. Brown said, we have even more reasons these days to stay connected to Wilmore and Asbury area. As he said, my brother Paul, who spoke, I think, in chapel last year, senior pastor at First Alliance Church here in Lexington, and my my son, Ryan, and his wife, Jocelyn, just moved to Lexington this summer. Ryan's a physical therapist with Court, Kentucky Orthopedic Rehab Therapy. His wife, Jocelyn, teaches eighth grade science at Lexington Christian Academy. Then there's a picture of our family. I have another daughter, Brooke. She's off to my right, your left. She's a nurse at Ohio Health there in Mansfield. And my son-in-law, Caleb, is a youth pastor there. So we, again, have lots of reasons to stay connected to the Lexington-Wilmore area. And I do hope we'll continue to see each other many times in the future. Well, Asbury, start here, impact the world. Asbury, for the journey. Asbury, ignited. These are just some of the themes that I can recall from homecoming weekends or from alumni weekends through the years that are designed to inspire you as students, parents, alumni, donors, that an Asbury education will make a difference on the world. Schools like Asbury have similar themes, Taylor, Wheaton, Cedarville, and they're all designed to make sure, again, that we know that having had this educational experience at Asbury and schools like it, you will remain steadfast in your faith, committed to your community, and of course, influencing our culture for Christ. So, in light of all these themes, do not fear culture at large. The eagles are coming. (laughs) The reality is, however, according to the data, It says otherwise. Research over the last 10 to 20 years indicates a different destination is in store for most of your generation. 
A new secular worldview without God is reframing reality in our country. And nowhere does this become more apparent than the emerging generation of young adults ages 18 to 29, which I would assume is most of you in this room. Studies show that young adults in this age range will distance themselves from their parents and their parents' religious faith to a large degree, even though they're likely to postpone marriage and stay connected to their families financially. Young adults are now preoccupied with the life task and the baffling array of adult responsibilities before them. Many don't see themselves connected in any formal sense to church or formal religion. In fact, 36% of your generation has never set foot inside of a church and is completely unaffiliated with religion. So then often lacking conviction and commitment and completely self-absorbed in the process of adulting, most will step into the current of the culture and simply float along, unlikely to impact anyone or anything. Christian leaders like myself are calling attention to what we see is missing then in our culture today. And that is a growing number of confident and vibrant young Christians who are truly impacting, influencing, penetrating the culture for the cause of Christ with a truly biblical life and worldview. So what I want to share with you this morning are three cultural dynamics that I believe lie at the heart of this concern and then challenge you to take advantage of your time here at Asbury to truly stem the tide for your generation. Let me paint a simple picture for you to illustrate where I'm going this morning. The typical Christian child spends only 15 minutes a day in face-to-face conversation with their father. That same Christian child will spend about uh, 47 hours a year in church. And with the father, that amounts to about 41 hours a year. So 41 hours a year with their dad, 47 hours a year in church. That same child will spend almost seven hours a day engaged with the media, subject to about 1,000 messages a day that typically run contrary to what they're hearing both at home and at church. As they mature, they soon realize that they don't need adults to get information, and they can learn more from that portable device than they can from any teacher in a classroom. That same young person has attended a K-12 school that has long removed the biblical worldview from its curriculum. Christian claims such as creation were not presented in elementary school. God's hand in human history was not presented in middle school. And the biblical worldview was left out of any serious academic discussions in high school literature, physics, government, calculus, what have you. Not once was this person formally challenged to think through the integration of their faith and what they were learning in school. Finally, then, this person enters the workforce. It's a good job at a successful company, but they work with very few, if any, other believers. And everyone's personal religious beliefs, excuse me, are just that. They're personal. They're not really a part of what we do here at work or who we are. As a result, they really aren't sure how the biblical worldview applies to their job because they just don't see any connection. It just seems best to keep their faith a personal matter. This is the scenario for the vast majority of Christians in our country, and let me boil it down to three key features. Number one, they've not been discipled well as young people. Number two, their formal education or schooling has been completely devoid of any biblical worldview integration. And number three, they fail then to see a connection between their faith and what it is that they do for a living. So in the short time I have, let me explain these issues further, not only so you better understand the larger picture of our culture and where you're headed, but so that you can 
can recognize and relate these concerns to the start of your own journey here at Asbury and allow me to, again, challenge you to stem the tide for your generation and truly be who you were called to be. First, number one, the lack of discipleship experiences. Despite being socially connected at all times, teens and young adults today in your generation experience the least amount of community of any generation. They're considered both the loneliest and the most stressed out generation to date. One in five will experience an anxiety attack and the numbers being treated for depression are higher than any previous generation. None of us have experienced a world like this, much less as college students or young adults, and consequently, it's the first time in human history that the adults cannot say to you, hey, I know exactly what you're going through. When you hear us say that to you, you can use a word that's popular in your generation. Nope, you don't, right? Let me take you again to the scripture that was read, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Appreciate that. A familiar passage, no doubt, known as the Great Commission. Let me read it again real quick. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The church's mission is clearly stated here, make disciples. Disciples were those who would place their trust in Christ and live lives of continual learning and obedience. The idea of believing and learning always go hand in hand in the scriptures. Believers were always called to learn. There was conversion always connected to education. The Greeks called this idea pedeia, and that's how the words disciple and discipline were always translated in the New Testament. Padea was understood as the complete educational course of study necessary to produce a well-rounded, fully trained citizen. Both the informal and the formal instruction mattered, not just the content, but the context as well. One person constantly learning from another person. There's a picture I have of uh, Ryan and I, uh, and, and he's probably four here, maybe, I don't know, and he's using one of those plastic mowers. Any of you ever have one of those? Makes a little noise, the balls kind of pop up. Uh, you know, maybe that was way back, they probably still make them. But he's just out there being with dad. I don't know if he even realizes he's not mowing the grass, but he just wants to be near me, right? And he just wants to understand what life is all about, what it means to be a young man. So when Paul instructs fathers in Ephesians 6 to bring up your children with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord, he's referring to those actions that we take to give our children the skills and the abilities and the character necessary to live a life for Christ's glory. He's saying, give your children a Christian padea is what Paul's saying there. Well, why emphasize this? Because not only is there a Christian padea, but there's a cultural Padea as well that gets passed on. This cultural Padea is the culturally accepted values and norms and beliefs and education that drive our behavior and serve as the foundation by which we understand the world. They're unique to each culture, and to be sure, here in America, we have a Western Christian Padea that gave us ideas like religious freedom and freedom of speech and equal justice under the law and natural rights. This Western Christian Padea had been cultivated from generation to generation here in America. It both created and perpetuated the culture that was passed on. But that is no longer the case in mainstream society. And as I said earlier, your generation is receiving a new secular worldview without God. Where is this coming from? How do we recognize it and guard against it? How do we ensure that our young people are discipled well in this Christian Padea? Here's the reality, people. 
Discipleship is education, and education is discipleship. And for today's modern American family, that means schooling typically is discipleship, and discipleship is schooling. The purpose for education as revealed in the scriptures is always parallel to that of disciple-making, to discover and live out the mind of Christ in a very devoted, disciplined, and determined way. It's the same now as it was then. Christian education can't be separated from discipleship. They're two sides of the same coin. Your education here at Asbury is to be a discipleship experience, and some of you are experiencing that for the very first time in your young life. See yourself as a disciple here on campus, continually believing and learning in everything you do, observing, studying, understanding what it means to see the world from God's perspective and truly live as a Christian. Listen, very few Christians out in our society get an opportunity like this. This provides a launching point for my second tenet that explains how we've got to this position here. Number two, decades of education devoid of any biblical worldview integration. Uh, Last summer, my wife and I did some hiking. Uh, We're not hikers, but we did a vacation uh, out west, and uh, we took a a helicopter tour over the Grand Canyon, and we did some hiking in Bryce and Zion Canyon. And on the way out with a tour group, we were in a charter bus, and uh, as we approached the canyons, of course, uh, the lady on the microphone worked for the National Park Service, and you probably experienced something like this. She went on to explain how the canyons were formed. And of course, as she went on and on and on, not once did she mention anything about any sort of catastrophic flood. She, of course, went on and on and on about evolution as if it was scientific fact. Many times it was all I could do not to grab the microphone and say, wait a minute here, wait a minute. There's something else that you're completely missing. And But as I looked on the bus and there's 50-some people, nobody even batted an eye. Everybody just accepts it like, yep, that's probably how it happened, or yep, that's indeed how it happened. We've reached the point where Christian claims aren't even considered plausible by mainstream society. For all practical purposes, we've lost science, and now I fear we're losing history as well. We spend millions in government schools training young people now in things like social justice, revisionist history, human sexuality, and preferred pronouns. With no reference point or authority to consider outside of themselves, many of them have bought into the lies of socialism. They believe themselves to be oppressed, and now they're so confused about being or finding what's being caused, caused their authentic gender in elementary school that many have now chosen to identify as an animal. So naturally, we've accommodated them in our high schools around the country by installing litter boxes in the bathrooms. I'm not making this up. Educated in government schools, the vast majority of Christian young people have never been taught in any form this integration of the heart and mind or the integration of academics and the biblical worldview. The reality is every truth from every subject that we study in school can be traced back to the mind of God. It all points to the created world and the creator himself. Yet they're treated as if they have nothing to do with God. As a result, most grow up believing that science, again, is where we find the truth, and all religious worldviews are a values proposition. In other words, they're a personal opinion. So they live with this split between facts and values. All religious worldviews fall into the values domain. Listen, you students, all students, will adopt the worldview of your teachers and your curriculum. So after decades 
exposed and devoid of any biblical worldview integration. What we have exactly playing out is what Jesus said would happen in Luke 6. We have the blind leading the blind. Why is this so? You and I know that at the heart of all this, deep at the center of the human condition, is a rejection of God and the standards that he set for living in his word. You are now counted among the small percentage of people in our country who have received a different kind of education, not just one that integrates faith and academics, but one that stands on a completely different foundation, one that recognizes that all truth is God's truth. And everything that's wonderful and exciting about every major here at Asbury is so because it clearly points to the glory of God. Finally, this apparent disconnect between faith and work. Given the first two dynamics, this is an understandable consequence. For this generation, there's always been a disconnect between Christianity and the world that you face every day. The idea that truth is found in the Bible and God's established standards for right living has long been removed from American politics, from education, from the media, from the entertainment industry, and from the workforce. According to Barna Research, only 30% of young adults who are still active in church say that they have learned how the Bible applies to their career field or their interest. 70% see no connection at all, and they have no training in these ideas. Pastor Tim Keller out of New York wrote this on the subject. Few people, including Christians, live inspired lives because they don't see a connection between their faith and their work. As a result of growing up in a world that privatizes faith and relegates God to private matters, most people face a gap between who they currently are and who they were born to be. Ouch. Can you imagine all those years at Asbury in graduate school, perhaps, not living an inspired life and then facing a gap between who you are and who you were born to be? In other words, the truth, the reality, becomes buried, and most people just float along with the cultural current, as I said earlier. Listen, you are coming of age in a world where the truth is under assault. In almost every case, the perspective of contemporary culture stands in direct opposition to our biblical worldview that you're learning here at Asbury. How many theater, film, communication majors are out there? Any here? Yeah, that's a great program here at Asbury, a wonderful department. You know, and I think we all would agree, some of the best movie scenes in history or the best scenes in movie history involve a trial. And one of my favorite movies is A Few Good Men, starring Jack Nicholson and Tom Cruise. You know Tom Cruise from Top Gun 2022 that came out this past summer. I know him from Top Gun 1986, back in the day. Top Gun 2022 is much better. Just stay with that one. Don't, you don't even need to bother with the first one, right? But one of the great scenes in that particular movie is there at the end when Tom Cruise's character is pressing Jack Nicholson to admit something. I don't know if you've seen that. It's a great movie. But one of the great scenes, uh, again, there at the end, and in that particular uh, shot there that they're catching of Tom Cruise, he's standing up and he finally presses him and presses him, and Cruise says, I want the truth. And then, of course, Nicholson stands up and gives that famous line, you can't handle the truth. I mean, it's a great, great scene. But I'm telling you, there was an even more uh, powerful trial in human history, and in reality, it was real and it occurred in John 18, or I should say it's recorded for us in John chapter 18. In John 18, Jesus is standing before Pilate, and he just was handed over to him by the Jews. And Pilate says, what is it you have done? And Jesus responds with several comments, and he closes with this. Now my kingdom is from another place. You say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born 
and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. That was not a movie. That really happened, obviously. Notice Jesus uses the word testify here because this is a trial. And what's on trial is Jesus is testifying. The truth is on trial. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Notice the next comment made by Jesus. Again, as I just said, everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Jesus is making it clear here that there's two sides here. There's no politically correct position. There's no neutral ground. There's no Switzerland here, right? There's two sides. There's the spirit of lies and the spirit of truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. You're entering a culture where this is played out exactly as Jesus said it would. Your entire life is like a daily trial of the truth, trying to determine what's true and what's not. Listen, in the world of work, there'll be times when you'll be anxious and afraid. You may even be confused in some moments. You'll fear being mocked or embarrassed if you don't give the perfect defense of your faith. When that happens, remember whose side you are on. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. There's no need to retreat or stay silent. The judge of all judges, the king of all kings, is going to rule in your favor someday. And let me tell you something even better. He's already on your side before you even open your mouth. Well, when we consider these dynamics together in the form of one person, multiplied by thousands or perhaps millions, replicated year after year, this lack of authentic discipleship, an education devoid of biblical worldview integration, and a disconnect between faith and work, you can see why educational leaders and Christian leaders around the country are not seeing a growing number of confident and vibrant young people truly impacting the culture with a biblical life and worldview. But it does not have to be that way for you or the person sitting on your right or your left. Do not miss this opportunity at Asbury. Take in all you can Learn to defend your faith. Be discipled. Understand the worldview of others. And decide now to be intentional about connecting your faith with what it is that God's called you to do for a living. Listen, we don't need any more 47-hour-a-year Christians who exist from Sunday to Sunday hoping to get some nugget that will carry them through for the next seven days. Disciples are not made in 60 minutes a week. We need you to take this training here at Asbury and lead in your families, your communities, your workplaces, and impact the culture. Again, back to Matthew 28. Before Jesus left his disciples to build the church, again, he starts with those powerful words, all authority in heaven and earth have been given to me. No matter what happens, we can both defend and advance our biblical worldview with full confidence in Christ. This is your time. Don't waste a single day here on this campus. We need your generation. Our families, our churches, our communities, and our country desperately need you to stem the tide again and truly be who you were called to be and impact this culture for Christ. Then may we say with confidence, do not fear the eagles are coming. Thank you very much this morning.